horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Englehart, racing's regular guy. All right. Well, thanks for joining us once again. Happy to have you here on Winning Ponies. And late breaking news, we will be having, as we do every year, our... uh, Belmont contest. Now, uh, since it was late breaking, <laughs> I didn't get all the details, everybody. So they're going to be up there. Uh, uh, go to winningponies.com. Uh, if memory uh, serves me, by the way, it's free. And, uh, you know, you just have to, you know, put your, you don't have to sign up or pay anything. Uh, so you, you'll read all the rules right there on winningponies.com. But normally, uh, I don't have all the prizes in front of me, but the, the top prize is a pretty decent cash prize, which isn't bad for a, a free contest. And then uh, after that, you get uh, bonus points so you can pull down uh, free content from uh, Winning Ponies. Uh, and then uh, there's usually a, uh, uh, a closest time to the finish of the Belmont, and we'll be sending out some hats and T-shirts and things like that. They even make them in a size that I fit, so don't worry. Everybody will be taken care of. So go to winningponies.com and uh, join our Belmont contest, everybody. It's just that easy. Well, speaking of Belmont, the Belmont Stakes is, is this week, everybody. It is Saturday, the 20th, and uh, what a great undercard. I mean, we're talking uh, six graded stakes races, and how about this? Four of the six are grade one races, so all eyes will be on the Big Apple and for that very reason, we brought in two native New Yorkers to help us out. Guys, very familiar with the New York racing scene. And uh, that would be none other than Dan Illman from the Daily Racing Form and Anthony the Big A Stabile from Horse Racing Radio Network. And they've got a late-breaking story that just broke out today, and uh, I'll let him tell you about it. But it's it's about a partnership uh, that uh, Horse Racing Radio Network has uh, come into with NBC Sports, and it involves all three of the Triple Crown races. So, uh, again, things are going to be different this year. Uh, the Belmont Stakes, uh, usually the test of the champion at a mile and a half, is reduced to a mile and eighth. And it only made sense that they did so because the Triple Crown races, as you know, are kind of like an event that slowly bring you towards the end. And that end is to see who can go the mile and a half. So it, it would just be wrong to because some freaky horse that will always be a router and never anything but could win the race if they went a mile and a half this early in the season. Uh, let's not forget, it's only June 20th that the, we'll be running this. So the, the race is uh, pulled back 
uh, to a mile and an eighth, and uh, all eyes will be kind of on the hometown horse, the New York bred Tis the Law, who only lost one race in his career, and that was the horse that brought the race that brought my eye to him, the Kentucky Jockey Club. About three different times, he was blocked when Manny Franco tried to make different moves. And I like the fact that Barkley Tag kept Manny Franco on. It wasn't his fault. I mean, it's just everywhere he went, somebody was there uh, putting him in a pocket. And when he did finally get asked, he did his best, but he just came up three quarters of a length short in that race. Since then, was rested, decided not to push him into the Breeders' Cup Juvenile because their eyes on the prize, which they thought was going to be for Saturday in May. Well, <laughs> I wish it was for their sake because this horse is sitting on go right now. Came out when the Holy Bullet a mile on the 16th stretched out to Saturday's distance of the Florida Derby and just ran away from him after showing that he can stalk the pace one by four and a half lengths. But there's always uh, up and coming shooters this time of year, as we stated, because of the shakeup in the Triple Crown, we're going to see horses that weren't even mentioned in the early uh, Kentucky Derby picture. And again, I'm going to be asking both of these expert handicappers to help us. Then you've got the the grade one uh, Jayapur. Uh, That is a dash uh, six furlongs. Then we're going to go uh, on the uh, to the girl's side, one mile, the legendary acorn. Very evenly matched group in there with Gameen, the Bob Baffert trainee, the mystery horse, undefeated in two starts. Local rider Johnny V picks up the action. But Johnny V and Baffert, when they team up, they do pretty well. They got a 29% win percent. And then the, the grade one, Woody Stevens, named after one of the greatest guys in the game. Again, evenly matched group going seven furlongs. And then uh, early on the card is the Penine Ridge, and that is a grade two race. So uh, get up early. The action's going to start. I mean, the first graded stakes race is uh, at 1225 in the morning. So uh, you will might be uh, having your bacon and eggs while you're handicapping Saturday's card. But I'm sure Anthony and Dan are going to walk us through that and give us some of their best bets. Well, let's take a look at some uh, news that has uh, happened on the national scene lately. This was a sigh of relief for a lot of people that the Arlington Park and the Horsemen struck a deal to open in 2020. Uh, could open right around uh, uh, July 6th. And uh, so uh, they are going to be racing in the Chicago area again. And uh, I'll tell you what, this was a close call. A lot of people thought that they uh, they might be uh, shuttering their doors. And uh, now it's going to be an Arlington Million. Nope. There will be no stakes races with the Arlington Million mothballed. I was kind of hoping they'd save that. Now, it it was mothballed uh, back in 89 and 90. We're going back a ways when the track was absolutely shut down and a political and economic dispute. And they are expecting the million to return in 2021. And that would be great news. So racing to return to the Chicago area. This one was a bit of a shocker. Larry Colness is going to be the Delmar announcer. 
Uh, from what I understand, uh, Mr. Denman, Trevor Denman, told track officials that he and his wife, Robin, didn't wish to travel away from their Minnesota farm and declined the assignment because of health concerns related to the COVID-19 pandemic. And uh, so the powers to be uh, kind of uh, got together and said, who won't be under contract, uh, or at least to call live during that period, and Larry Colness came up. He's 53 now, native of New Jersey, called his first race at the age of 18 at Bowie in Maryland. Uh, he's called from Golden Gate, all three uh, New York Racing Association tracks, plus he did Gulfstream Park, Churchill Downs, Monmouth Park, and uh, now Naira had made John Ibrial its primary race calling race caller replacing columnist who had called most of its races. But uh, columnist says, really, I can't wait to get out there. He's called the Breeders' Cup there, and uh, he's really looking forward to uh, uh, hitting the West Coast again. So uh, uh, congratulations to Larry Columnist. I think the guy's got one of the best uh, accurate voices in racing as a race caller. This interesting hands across the uh, water or across the track. The Kentucky Racing Commission approved the new crop use rules and uh, they gave unanimous approval and they did uh, meet uh, long and hard uh, with the Jockeys Guild. And so here's what's going to happen. The riders uh, are allowed to use the crop six times during a race after the first furlong. So there'll be no more scooting and booting them out of the gate. And then this is going to take a hard time to get used to. Then only twice in succession before allowing a horse the chance to respond. So under the rules, the jockeys would be able to use the whip to avoid dangerous situations that made harm another rider or horse left up to the discretion of the steward. So let's say, I believe what this is telling us is that if you go over the sixth time, it's you, you, to stop a horse from lugging in or, or getting in the way of, of another horse uh, is, is the way I read that. So uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a hard habit to get out of when you've been doing something uh, that the whole way your life to try to uh, change how you're going to do this. And how about this? Because of the shuffling of the cards and the triple crown, there's now going to be a $1 million bonus offered for the Haskell, the Derby, and the Breeders' Cup Classic Sweep. And uh, so they're already offering a million-dollar purse. And uh, they just said uh, there's there's going to be a bonus on top of it just to make it all the more interesting. So from the Haskell to the Derby and then on to the Breeders' Cup Classic. Uh, very innovative in my feeling. Of course, American Pharaoh would have picked that up a couple years ago. Got to get this in. Uh, love Deshaun Parker, and he has been named Jockey of the Week. Uh, he... Uh, he went down there and just uh, uh, killed him. Uh, you know, we began the year on the top of the rider standings for Sam Houston. And so he's gone back to Texas over the weekend, competed at seven Texas bred stakes, each purse worth 75000 And he won four stakes on the card. This is a real class act kid. And like I've always told you, the largest jockey you'll ever see. Uh, he maintained a 50 cent win percentage. With the four stakes win, he led the nation in total stakes earnings, 178640 
Uh, now, this year, he's already won 54 of 225 starts for earnings of over $1.4 million. Deshaun Parker, great kid from a great family. All right, let's take a look at the races from last week. I'll try to get through as many as I can, but the main thing is getting to the grade three Louisville. Ed Meyer was our guest handicapper, and Ed gave us a cold trifecta. That's right. A great job by Ed in what was a very exciting and close finish and an upset over the favorite. He liked admission office. He got the job done over the favored Arklow, and he's no lemon was in the saddle. Now, just for 50 cents, it paid 48.65. And I can tell you what, you can bet my friend Steady Eddie bet more than a 50 cent try on that. Uh, then in a thrilling three-horse finish. It was the grade one Ogden's Phipps at Belmont Park. Ed like point of honor, and he was nailed at the wire by She's a Julie, dismissed at 14 to 1. Uh, the Asmussen trainee got up by a nose over point of honor. And third was Ollie's Candy, who looked like the winner. He had the lead, but he got caught. And then uh, we had a, a rare... Uh, Friday, $125,000 stake at Belmont Park. It was restricted to New York breads. The winner, hey, hey, you think I'm a funny guy? That's right. The winner bet down from 20 to 1 to 11 to 1. A lot of wise guys had that. Won by a mile, a mile, a length and a quarter, not a mile and a quarter, over the favored Mr. Buff. Mr. Buff. Really needs the lead to get the, the best run for his money. And he bobbled at the start, had to chase uh, Blewett, uh, the speed horse, but could not get it done. So those are the races we looked at. Congratulations to Ed Meyer for giving us a cold trifecta. All right, folks, time to take a bite out of the Big Apple. And the first guy to the dinner table is going to be none other than the Daily Racing Forms, Dan Illman. We'll be right back on Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com. The home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races. Don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart, racing's regular guy. 
The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, and with me, uh, I am so uh, kind uh, that uh, Dan Illman uh, has never turned me down for a spot on the show. But as you know, I don't abuse the privilege, and I always try to save them for the big days, particularly if they're in New York uh, for a lot of the Breeders' Cup winning your ends in your fall. And then uh, I love to have them around Travers' time, of which I'm not 100% sure when that's going to be yet this year. And then, uh, of course, uh, the Belmont Stakes, which is uh, usually not scheduled in uh, on June 20th uh, before the uh, Derby and the Preakness. But, Dan, I'm just happy to have you back. Well, it's always a pleasure, John. I really appreciate you having me on. What a year it's been. Who would have ever thunk the Belmont, the first jewel in racing's Triple Crown, and at a mile and an eighth, no less? I know, I know. Hey, before we get to that, I was thinking you thinking about you a couple months ago when at one point in time uh, they were saying that ground zero for the COVID was Brooklyn. I take it you've hunkered down and stayed healthy. I, I've hunkered down. I've social distanced. I've done everything I can do. Uh, and, yeah, everyone's, everyone's doing great. I really appreciate you asking. It's just tough. You know, I know the fans want to get out to the racetrack. I want to get out to the racetrack. It's wonderful, the technology. We can watch all these races online. It's fantastic. We can bet online. But, boy, nothing better than being out at the racetrack. I know if you love the game, you love the smell, the sounds. And, and of course, you know, uh, I'm the kind of guy I really prefer to look at my horse in person before making a, a good wager. Um, not that I'm, uh, you know, any, uh, equine, uh, uh, physiology major, but there's just little signs and signals that, uh, you know, you learn over the years that they're fighting the handler. If, uh, if they're lathered up, if they're looking relaxed and sharp eyed, and it's like, man, he's feeling good today. Usually can, maybe if you're down to two or three horses pushing a certain direction. I miss that so much, but, uh, it, the doors are opening slowly, but surely, uh, we still don't know a hundred percent about Saratoga. Do we, Dan? Oh, I think we're going to have a Saratoga meet. I believe they released their stake schedule this afternoon. Uh, it doesn't look like they're going to have spectators right now. As for the Travers, it's going to be a little bit earlier this year. I'm not exactly sure of the date. It might be the second week in August. Makes sense. Um, so instead of maybe a mega card featuring the Travers, I think they're going to sort of spread out a lot of those major races, uh, usually uh, that are held on Travers Day. But uh, yeah, I mean, we're going to have racing at Saratoga, it appears, uh, from all indications. It just doesn't look like there are going to be a lot of a lot of people there, if any, right now. Hopefully that would change because Saratoga is a little bit of heaven on earth, and, and we could use that right now. Yeah, and, and for a town that small, uh, it, it, it's going to be a real blow to their economy. And that, that's what I was kind of hoping was that, you know, you're going to say, oh, by the way, starting the second week of August, they're going to let fans in. But I understand that the door is still open for that call to be made should things go in the right direction, though we, we don't know. And you certainly have no crystal ball. But I got you here to talk about Belmont Day. You're going to have to get up early. Uh, the races start before noon. 
But I want to kind of go backwards and make sure uh, with the time allotted that we cover all the grade ones. And, of course, the granddaddy of them all, the test of the champion, will be the, the test of horses that can go a mile and an eighth this year. It's true enough, and Tis the Law is going to be a deserving favorite in here, John. He took care of business down at uh, Gulfstream this year, to be sure, winning a couple of graded stakes races, including the Florida Derby to mile and an eighth. And for anyone that's concerned about his ability around a one-turn mile, we have to remind some folks that a mile and an eighth at Belmont's contested around one turn. Well, all Tis the Law did was win the Champagne going a one-turn mile at Belmont last year. He's the deserving favorite. Should he be odds-on in this race? I think if you just looked at the cold dope and you looked at the buyer's speed figures, you'd say that he doesn't have such an amazing edge. He doesn't even have the best last buyer's speed figure in the field. Tampa to win for Mark Cassie does a 97 for his most recent race. But the horse's accomplishments speak for themselves. He's simply the horse to beat. He likes Belmont. He appears to be coming into this race very, very well. And he's got great tactical speed. He's probably going to be sitting in the second flight off of an honest pace. He's, you know, he's a favorite that you have to use in any kind of multiple race wagers. And uh, he's obviously the horse that they're all going to have to run down. Well, you know, the, the Belmont, uh, it usually does go to a formful horse, uh, and there aren't that many silky Sullivan types. Uh, you know, that's why I'm not giving too much credibility a lot of people look at paper and go oh this farmington road oh just look he's screaming you know you, you, you know to stretch out but he doesn't have to stretch out to a mile and a half he's you know it's a the race is a mile and an eighth and again that's that's right up tis the law's sleeve and uh, the one that seems to, to me dan elman is a uh, he hasn't faced the t- top competition but it looks like pletcher has uh, Dr. Post going in the right direction as he's extended every single start uh, with distance and uh, pretty much looked awful good every time. No, he is a horse with a lot of upside potential, and I like the point that you made that Todd has gradually stretched him out in distance, and I think that's key in a race like this. We talked about the buyer speed figures, and Tis the Law's best is a 100, and he just ran a 96 in the Florida Derby. Dr. Post ran a 96 in his second lifetime start. That was back on March the 29th, his first race. He's a three-year-old. Now, that race was at seven furlongs, but I thought he did some good things in there. He was four wide for most of the way after breaking from an outside side post. He got bumped a little bit in the upper stretch. He was better than those horses. And then when they did stretch him around two turns last time out, he was a little bit uh, compromised. He was in between horses. He got bounced around a little bit. You watch this horse and you get the feeling he's still learning on the job. He's got a lot of talent. He's uh, a bit green. I think his tactical speed speaks for itself. I think he's an interesting horse. David Aragona, our colleague, has him at 5-1 to on the morning line. And to me, that's just a little bit light, considering his inexperience against graded stakes competition and the fact that his buyer speed figure did regress 10 points in his first race around two turns. Uh, to me, it's all about price. I think he will drift off the five to one. And I think if you get eight to one or so on Dr. Post, uh, he might be worth the play. Uh, I think for me personally, he's the kind of horse I would use primarily on the bottom of single race exotic wagers. I think others are a little bit more likely on top. Bring those others to me, Dan Elman. Well, it is the law. It's a horse that I think you have to use uh, in any kind of multiple race wager and as a key and on top. But Tap It to Win is, is kind of an interesting horse for Mark Cassie, who, of course, won the Belmont last year uh, with Sir Winston when it was contested at its traditional mile and a half. And if you look at Tap It to Win's form, it's Feaster Famine. 
When this horse won his maiden at Saratoga last year, he was the only horse on the rail to win all day long on August the 24th. He hinted that he was a horse with a lot of potential, and they stretched him out in two races to finish off his two-year-old campaign, and he was awful. He was last in the Breeders' Futurity. He was last in the street sense, and it looked like Tap It to Win was just one of those morning glories that had one 15 minutes of fame at Saratoga would never be seen again. Well, Cassie regrouped. To his credit, he's come back. He's won two in a row, and he used his speed last time out. He just ran those horses into the ground going a one-turn mile on the 16th. He's got big speed. He's won from off the pace. I think John Velasquez is sending this horse, and if he can dissuade the other paces in this race, I think tap it to win is a horse you might want to consider at 6-1 to one on the morning line. A horse that, uh, you know, certainly a horse you want to put on the board since in his life he's never finished off it is uh, Solo Volante. Uh, is, uh, and he's got a nice off-the-pace run, but not that he doesn't come from 10 out of it. Uh, where do you put him, Dan? Uh, I picked him third, actually, in the DRF videos I did with Mike Beer. I'm a big fan of this horse. As you mentioned, he is a closer. He needs pace, but there should be pace in this race. Tap it to win has speed. Four left has speed. Pneumatic has speed. Sole Volante needs pace. When he won the Sam F. Davis, he got it. He came from 15 lengths out of it to win, and he looked very impressive doing so. In the Tampa Bay Derby, you'll notice the fractional times. They went about 10 lengths slower to the half, and Sole Volante came up short to King Guillermo, who's a very good three-year-old in his own right. Pat Biancone's doing something a bit unconventional with this horse. He just ran him 10 days ago at Gulfstream in a prep race going a one-turn mile. And his stablemate, Ette Indienne, was in that race. And Ette Indienne was actually favored. That horse got caught up in a speed duel with Chivari, the Florida Derby runner-up. And Sole Volante got the pace set up, and he ran them down. He is a talented, talented horse. I'm not worried about a mile and an eighth. It's just whether he'll get enough pace. And I think he will get a fair chance. Nine to two on the morning line is a fair price for Sole Volante. Uh, I think he is a solid, solid performer. Uh, and he should be considered, especially if you think this thing could fall apart. Well, okay. Uh, by the way, folks, uh, you know we're talking with Dan Elman from the Daily Racing Forum, but I used to love seeing his mug on, on the opening page of the Racing Forum, but they've moved the format around. If you're wondering, where do I go to see Dan on camera? He's got great presence and great picks. Uh, here's where you go now. Get your pens out. You can go to video.drf.com, and it'll be on that. And then also on the Daily Racing Forum YouTube page, uh, you can find the updates. Dan, did I get that right? You got it right. We'll have all the graded stakes analysis from Belmont. We'll have the great Brad Free handicapping the Southern California races. We've got podcasts, breeding reports, Derby Watch with Jay Privman, Marty McGee. Lots of videos updated every week, uh, so please check it out. All free. <laughs> I checked uh, uh, Marty and Jay out yesterday, and I see Marty was finally able to get a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could do the same. Oh, you haven't gotten yours yet. I got mine. but Not uh, yet. I look like the MGM lion. <laughs> I'd like to see that because you you always got a yeah very uh, and 
nice bouffant going on there uh, from all the photos I've seen. So I'd like to see see that lion. Anyhow, let, let's move down because maybe we can get a pick three here if we, we should have enough time. Um, the uh, Jayapur, it's, it's a rare grade one six furlong race. It'd be some of the fastest horses in the country. And it looks like the odds maker had a hard time coming up with a favorite in here. Uh, and I can certainly understand why David Aragon, who does the line for Naira, uh, could have a hard time. It is a talented group of horses. A lot of folks are going to be looking at the Acorn, of course, the Belmont. This is one of the more competitive races on the card. I'm focusing on two horses in my multiple race wagers, the two-horse Alexandra, a mare taking on the boys, and the five Stubbins, a horse that's been compromised by trouble. Let's start with Alexandra, a horse that I give a, a little bit of an edge to. She's beaten the boys before. She did it at Belmont, going this distance over this course. I'm really not worried about her taking on males. She needs pace. She is your classic one-run closer. And when you give her pace, she kicks hard, as she did last time out in the grade two Monrovia at Santanita. It was her first start of the year. Um, and she was beaten by Jolie Olympica, a very talented horse trained by Dick Mandela, who was odds on. Alexandra was flying in the lane if there's pace in this race, she is going to come with a run. She is a very underrated and very talented turf sprinter, as is the number five Stubbins. And I would urge everyone to go back and watch the Breeders' Cup turf sprint from last year, where Stubbins had a terrible trip, pinched in between horses at the quarter pole, in behind horses in upper stretch. He had to slice down to the rail late. And by the time he got going and he was moving at the end of that race, it was all over. He Came back in the Daytona last time out. Uh, he got a good trip until it turned bad. He was saving ground in the pocket. It looked like a hole opened up. He just couldn't get to it. And by the time he did, the hole closed. He had to steady and shift back to the inside. And again, he ran on late. He is a horse that's due a trip. Alexandra is a horse that's going to close. The question is, will we get some pace? I think we will with pure sensation in here and the sort of mercurial hidden scroll trying turf again. All right. Well, uh, the Acorn is a legendary horse race. Uh, many great fillies have come out of this race. Uh, right now, it looks like uh, Gamine, if I'm saying her name correctly, is installed as the favorite. She hasn't done anything wrong this race at a mile. Uh, she's won at six and a half in her maiden, and then he came out in a $100,000 optional claimer at a mile and a 16th and was challenged most of the race and held on by a neck. Johnny V gets the call for Bob Baffert, uh, but there's Lucrezia, casual, and perfect alibi that could be nipping at her heels. Talented group of three-year-olds, at least to be sure. I don't think I'm going to get too clever in here. Gamine looks like the goods. Uh, they've been hyping her since they bought her for $1.8 million last year as a two-year-old in training. She was a brilliant debut winner going six and a half. They stretched her out to two turns. She was challenged by a solid horse in the stretch. It looked like she was in deep water, and she refused to lose, and she refused to lose the gallop out after the race. She's probably the controlling speed in here for Baffert. Uh, you mentioned 
mention the main contenders in here. I, I think Lucrezia has a chance. I like her turning back to this distance. She chased Swiss Skydiver in a race that's produced three next out winners, the Gulfstream Oaks last time out. I just am not sure what kind of trip she's going to pull. I'm not sure if I want to be the horse directly chasing Gamine and doing a lot of the dirty work. As for casual, look at that pedigree. She's by Curlin. Her dam won the test and the Prioress, a really nice horse. This pedigree is screaming a one-turn mile, but she's very inexperienced. This is only her third lifetime start, as it is for Gamine. Uh, I think probably in multi-race wagers, you're looking at a pick five in here and any kind of multiple race uh, bets. I'm probably going to put most of my money on the favorite Gamine in here and think she can get through this for Baffert. A one-turn mile should be good for her. All right. Uh, some interesting players showing up for uh, uh, the Woody Stevens and uh, your friend, Mr. Aragoni, had uh, uh, another tough time coming up with favorites. The entire uh, 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 inside on the racing form, the first four horses are almost equal in the wagering pool. Well, it's that kind of a race. It's a shame that the Woody Stevens only got five, but you've got a field where you can make a case for pretty much all of them. I think this is a race where pace is going to be a determining factor. Can the brilliantly fast Louisiana bred no parole get to an easy lead, or will the four Echo Town for Steve Asmussen push him early? I think Asmussen's going to have Echo Town right after no parole, and I think this race could set things up for a stalker or a closer. Uh, May Rue is the one that I think will be a little bit of a better price than mischievous Alex, the winner of the Gotham and the Swale. LaRue's two sprints last year were very, very good against inferior competition. Uh, he then ran into Independence Hall the day that horse freaked out in the Nashua going a mile, probably a little too long for Maru. I didn't think he ran badly in that race. And then last time out, he came back off a six-month layoff, and while he was beaten by Echo Town, I think it's a race that he could build off of. He was four wide on the back stretch. He split horses, turning for home, and then got in a little bit tight mid stretch. And I think he was intimidated a bit there. He got to the outside and he was running on again at the end. You'll notice in his second lifetime start last year, he improved his buyer 14 points. I don't think he's going to improve his buyer 14 points. He doesn't have to to win this race. But I think if he moves forward second off the layoff this time around, he can run these horses down from just off the pace. So I want to give Maru uh, a little bit of a chance in here. Uh, and I do think he's going to drift a little bit off of his morning line odds. Well, it will be easy. I think I'm I'm that early in the day. I'm not sure about the races surrounding it, so I'm not sure how I'll be betting uh, it. You know, but I, again, I agree with you. It's uh, sad that uh, they kind of pulled up a short field because you know, grade one quarter million dollars. That's something to race for. Uh, well, uh, Dan, we pretty much almost covered the whole card, so I'm I'm going to leave it at that. The other two races are the Penine Ridge, a grade two, and the Wonder again, the grade three. And one more time, listening at home, video.drf.com or Daily Racing Forum YouTube uh, so you can see the long-haired Dan Illman uh, give us his fresh uh, info on Belmont Day through the Daily Racing Forum. Dan, it's always a joy to have you on. You have great delivery, and the way you describe these races from around the country shows the homework and the effort that you put in for your bosses. I hope they appreciate you. I really appreciate you having me on. Uh, best of luck to everybody on Belmont Day. 
All right, that was Dan Elman from the Daily Racing Forum. Don't forget, on Winning Ponies, it's free. We've got our Belmont contest, cash and prizes, and you don't have to put up a penny, ladies and gentlemen. Well, let's take a bit of a break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking to the Big A from New York. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, and with me now, another New York-based handicapper. If anybody knows about horses in the Big Apple, it is none other than Anthony, the Big A Stabile, who is pretty much born at the racetrack. Anthony, welcome back to Winning Ponies. Good afternoon, John. How is everybody doing tonight? Everybody's good, you know. I think we're a little bit over the, uh, uh, the the pandemic scare. I'm not doing anything stupid like going out and kissing the grocery clerk or something. But, you know, just keeping your distance and, uh, you know, minding my business. I am dying to get back to, to live racing. And uh, as I just talked with Dan Elman from the Daily Racing Forum, still doesn't look like that's going to happen anytime soon in New York. But uh, you, you're, you're still around the action. I know you took a couple bad beats in the last two days we won't go into that but just saw some late breaking news that horse racing radio network uh, your award-winning broadcast is teaming up with nbc sports audio for exclusive radio coverage of all three triple crown races and i'm like well who's going to be hosting this thing and i see mike penna 
Kurt Becker and Anthony Stabile. That's pretty good news. Yeah, we've been we've been doing a partnership with NBC, a really good relationship with the folks over there since 2015 when American Farrow chased the Triple Crown here at Belmont Park, and um, we've worked with them every year since at the Triple Crown, a couple of Breeders' Cup years as well. And uh, my first time on the big broadcast, uh, Mike and Kurt will be down in Kentucky, socially distanced, and I will be the only one in the lair at Belmont Park, our uh, studio slash my office. High atop the finish line, we're about two jumps, three jumps past the wire. It's an unbelievable broadcast position. I've had that office um, either with a with a roommate or to myself now for the last couple of years, three years to be exact. And uh, yeah, it's a great place to watch the races. It's a great place to broadcast from. I'm honored and privileged to be part of the team. We'll sprinkle a little Tom Leach and a little Bobby Newman in as well. But yeah, we're on four to six undercard. From 4 to 4.30, this presented by the Breeders' Cup, the big broadcast presented by Twin Spires, as well as Red Brand Fence, um, will be on Sirius 219, XM201, and you can stream it at horseracingradio.net. I think we have a dozen and a half terrestrial affili- affiliates sprinkled throughout the country as well. So looking forward to a broadcast that is going to be as unique as it gets, a mile and an eighth. Two weeks later, we kick off the Triple Crown this year. It's going to be a much different feel more often than not. We're wrapping this thing up, and especially since I've been A in the business and B, uh, you know, going to Belmont, we've had an awful lot of chances at Triple Crowns, and this year it's it's where it all begins, and it's a, it's a different kind of feeling around here, I can tell you that for sure. So, Anthony, you are one of the blessed ones that will actually be viewing in person? I'll be there. Yep, doing talking horses. I've been my Naira duties resumed last Thursday. Uh, we, we we let them work all the kinks out first week, and then Andy Serling and I resumed doing talking horses. You can catch that on the Naira Bets app. You can also watch us on our YouTube channel, Naira uh, YouTube channel. We've been doing well over there. Uh, a lot of people tuning in. We appreciate that very much. Uh, it's noon. Talking horses goes off at noon on every race day. Um, except Belmonte noon. We have the one, you know, uh, every day is a one fifteen post except Belmonte. We're going to go at 1145. So Andy and I will do talking horses on Saturday from 1015 to 1115. The voice, the best in the biz, Johnny, I of New York racing association will jump in and do the changes before and after. So, uh, yeah, Saturday is going to be a very long day out, but I, I am one of the privileged ones. I'll be a beautiful Belmont park. You are a blessed man, Mr. Stabile. Well, listen, let's get right into it. We'll start with the big one and work backwards because I know everybody's really interested in the prestigious uh, uh, Belmont Stakes. Uh, obviously, it might not get all the hype as the test of the champion since we're not asking them to go the farthest they'll ever go in their career. And I'm kind of glad that they, that they tweaked the race. Cause let's face it, it would be unfair this time of year to ask these three year olds who are just coming into their own to go a mile and a half. I, I, I thought it was a great call. I thought it was great that whoever wins, it's guaranteed a berth in, in, in the Derby. And, uh, Let's face it, uh, the horse with the bullet on his back uh, is tis the law. And I, I don't want to fight the law in this situation. I mean, you know, you, you talk about horses checking all the boxes, you know. Uh, he's done everything from a two-year-old and Barkley tag making that great call uh, after 
one of his best races, the Kentucky Jockey Club. If you ever saw that, he was more more trouble than a sixteen year old kid on crack. Uh, they just kept putting him in hole after hole after hole, and it wasn't Manny Franco's, cha- you know, choice. Uh, but that race impressed me so much because he kept coming and coming and coming on a sloppy track. That uh, I put it. I told all my friends. I said he's my Derby pick. Well. Uh, I wish they ran the Derby on the first Saturday, May, and I'm guessing Sacatoga Stable did too. But let's face it, he loves the track. He can come from just off the pace. And certainly he's already proven that a mile and an eighth is within his range. I was ready to make one of the biggest win bets of my life on him. Um, I was excited for Charlatan to come. I was excited for Nadal to come. I was excited for the prospect of Maxfield to come. And Obviously, for one reason or another, they are all shelved right now. And the doll retired, the other two on the shelf. Um, and I was ready to take ten dollars and four to one. I'm not ready to take three sixty and four to five. If he's even that high, uh, I could see this horse going as low as one to two. I could see him being as high as even money. I guess. Um, yeah, I have been a fan since day one. He does everything right. Uh, I'm not going to hold the KJC against him. Like you, I could even put a positive spin on it. Um, and I think in his last two starts, they've just erred on the side of caution. And, and Barkley Tag, his trainer, just told Manny Franco, look, get him outside of horses. Let's not mess around. And I'm a very big believer, John, in, in two things in racing. I don't believe in any absolutes. But if you have speed and you're the best horse, you go to the lead. Uh, he can't do that. But if you are the best horse, just stay out of trouble. There's no reason to get cute and try to save ground. Uh, you know, especially these one-turn races at Belmont. It's a different it's a different beast, Belmont Park. Five for a long straight run from the starting gate to the to the far turn. Um, we don't really need to save ground in this race on Saturday. I know it sounds ridiculous. There aren't, and there are not many instances in this sport where you need to save ground. But between the big turn at Belmont Park and the fact that you're racing on straightaways pretty much for seven furlongs, right? Five furlongs on the backside, a quarter mile in the stretch. I'm not worried about losing any ground in this race. And, uh, you know, last year was a little different. It, the, the ground loss cost passes, but being wide for a half mile on two turns going a mile and a half is a little different than being wide going uh, a mile and an eighth on one turn. So, if I'm Manny, I break, I let Tappet to win uh, go, I let four left chase him, I'm laying third or fourth, making the one running around the three-eighths pole and saying sayonara to this bunch. And I, I just, I think he's the best three-year-old in training. I would have thought that if they ran this race two weeks ago and all the big shooters showed up, and I think we're going to see a, a special performance on Saturday. Uh, I'm totally in lockstep with you, Anthony. Um, I, you know, my friends and probably some years ago, okay, look, is there any way I can make money in this race? Give me a couple of horses underneath that I can play a try or a super. There is. I think there's a, I think there is a lot of opportunity to make money in here. I don't like Tappet to win off the 16 days, especially with four left in there. And Johnny Velasquez is basically now from the rail in which four left, he's got to be on a dead send. Um, and I don't like Dr. Post. And I think there's a chance they're going to be uh, fighting for second choice. I think they'll both be fighting for second choice. Um, I, I'm, not, I don't, I'm not completely against Soleil Volante, but I think that's an even bigger ass. Ten days, 
shipping uh, from Florida to New York. Uh, you know, uh, that's a big ask, big ask of this horse to, uh, I don't know if a perfect setup last time with a Tay Indian and uh, Chivalry duking it out on the front end. I think the two horses you want to use for second in here are Modernist and Pneumatic. Modernist has that grinding type where, and Dilmot told me on HRN right uh, right around the Louisiana Derby that basically he likes the fact that this Triple Crown is going to be stretched out a little bit. This horse thrives with some time between races. And it's funny he said that because he won his division of the Risen Star just three weeks after his maiden win. So if Mott's telling me he's going to be better with some time between his races, I mean, he's getting 90 days. That should be plenty. Um, I think he's got that grinding type where he's got enough tactical speed where he won't be too far off of it. When the, when the first bunch of speed starts to come back, he'll be there. Um, you know, I don't think he has the turn of foot that Tis the Law has for purposes for my purposes, for him to finish second, that's what I want. I don't want a horse that's going to try to go toe-to-toe with a horse that has as potent of a kick as tis the law. Um, and that's why I say I want to use him a little more strongly than Pneumatic because Pneumatic does have that ter- that turn of foot. He does have that kick. And if, you, if, and if you said to me today, Anthony, I can definitively tell you, Tis the Law is not winning the Belmont Stakes. I have a crystal ball that's telling me Tis the Law is not winning the Belmont Stakes. I'll tell you that Pneumatic is the most likely horse to beat him because he has that kick, and I think he has the most the, the most immediate upside. I think Modernist is going to be a really nice horse in this crop. I think right now, though, in this moment, the turn of foot that Pneumatic has would be the one that would be more potent when it comes to winning this race. With that said, It'll probably hurt him if he tries to go toe to toe with a horse like Tis the Law, and maybe make him a little vulnerable uh, through the stretch. So those are the two I'm going to key off of the most. Uh, underneath, in my tries and my supers, I'll use a little Sole Volante, maybe even a little Max Player. But my I'm going to be against Doctor Post when against Tappet to win, and I'm going to try and hit a nice uh, exactor and trifecta. All right. Well, you've had a good week so far. Close but no cigar. Maybe Saturday you'll be smoking up there in the press box. Uh, Let's go to uh, a a grassy sprint. uh, The Jayapur grade one quarter million on the line. A pretty evenly matched field in here. I'm dying to see uh, who you like. I don't like. I love Alexandra in here. I'm a big fan of this uh, six-year-old mare. She has a great turn of foot. Six furlongs at Belmont Park. It's right between the eyes. She's two for two over the turfs at Belmont. She gets a good setup. She ran a, a heck of a race out in California last time uh, behind a really nice filly in um, uh, Jolie Olympica. I, I just think she's better than these horses. Um, the only wild card, is, and man, is he a wild card? Hidden scroll. What is next? In the saga of Hidden Scroll, boy, what a, what a, I mean, what a lightning rod this horse has been. Uh, I, you know, he's got some speed. There's not a ton of speed in this race. Let's see if he can get his act together and, and not be a, a little bit of a goofball like we've seen him be in the past. He has a lot of potential. He's going to have to show me, though. This filly is just, this mare is just hickory. I'm a huge fan. I'm going to be 
She's going to be a heavy, heavy lean for me in pick fours and pick fives. I'll make one saver ticket or two in the pick four and the pick five with hit and scroll. But Alexandra, I'm all in on her in the Jiper. All right. The Australian bread gets the nod from the big A. Well, uh, let's move on to uh, the acorn. Uh, Bob Baffert trying to sneak in with an undefeated horse here. Uh, only cost $1.8 million. But there's some other players in here that are legit. Yeah, you got Gamin, who, you're, who you mentioned, who is going to break from post one. I, I like two Phillies to the outside. here. I like casual for Steve Asmussen and, uh, Asmussen and Ricardo Santana Jr., and you know what? I think perfect alibi could come back off this freshening, cutting back. She'll get a little pace to run into. And they'll be the three I key off of, but I'm going to hone in a little bit uh, close, more closely on casual and perfect alibi. It was kind of hard for me to split them. I think I ultimately put casual on top because she's a little bit more tactical speed. She's a perfect two for two for Steve and Ricardo Santana Jr. That's a combination we're going to be hearing a lot from in the next 10, 15 years. I think she's the good. You know what? I want to see Gamine do it again. I didn't love that last effort from her. The Philly that she held off came back speech and did not run that well in her subsequent start. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and beat Gamine with uh, the two Phillies I mentioned: Casual and Perfect Alibi. All right, this one, another very interesting race. Hard, hard to separate in here for sure. And uh, you, you might still be eating your Wheaties when you watch this one at 1225 in the morning. Uh, the seven furlong Woody Stevens, grade one, quarter million dollars up for grabs. Help me separate these because I can't. Well, I think Louis Saez is going to help you separate them the most because the gate's going to open and no parole is going to go to the lead. And if I'm right, he's not going to stop. Um, I can see Echo Town laying second to him and taking one shot of him. And I, quite frankly, I know you could make a case for all of these horses in this race. But I think one of those two horses is going to get the money. When I'm making my early pick fours and pick fives, I'm using ones and fours, and that's it. I know uh, Dan Elman was on making a case for Maru. Um, and, and mischievous Alex, or they could all win. I, I would not be surprised if any of them won. Um, I'll be using the one, no parole, a little bit of Echo Town. I think they uh, they have the run of the race on the front end. Well, I didn't have a chance to talk about the Pennine Ridge uh, with Dan, and it looks like I got uh, enough time to do it with you. Uh, decorated Invader uh, along the rail, the, the, the slight favorite. Uh, the horse is always coming. I mean, it's legit. Uh, Christophe Clement on the turf. And then you got Proven Strategies and Famished. Anthony Stabile, straighten me out. Uh, he's probably... Decorated Invader is probably the closest thing on the card to a lock. Um, I'm a huge fan. And with a horse like Proven Strategies in here to set it up for him, I think the one turn at Belmont's going to be right up his alley. Uh, Joel Rosario with a horse like him fits him perfectly. Just make that one-time big late run. I like Decorated Invader a lot, John. It's hard for me to get past him. I think he'll be in the 8-5, to 9-5 to five range. and uh, He just looks like the goods to me. 
Anthony Stabile only got 30 seconds left, but I don't want to leave out how people are going to get to listen to you on Saturday. In 20 seconds, run it down. 10-15, Talking Horses on the Naira Betts YouTube channel, 4-6, to six, HRN, Sirius 219, XM201, net in conjunction with NBC Sports Audio. I like selflessly in the wonder again. All right, Anthony Stabile, thank you so much. I'll be back in touch when Saratoga's up and running. Say hello to Mike Penna for me. You got it, John. All right, take care. All right, everybody, that's it. I got to close out, but do not forget our contest. It's free. It's on winningponies.com. Thanks for listening. Have a great day watching the Belmont Stakes. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. We hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post. Join us for more insight next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Also, look for our weekly newsletter. Have a great week, and may your photos always be winners.